Huddle Up podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? Hey, everyone in, let's go! Huddle up on three, one, two, three, huddle Huddle up! up! I mean, no one comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Many doubted we'd ever see it. Here it is. The return to glory. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Fans on their feet. Rally towels are being waved. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Eller for the draw. And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. And now, welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast. We are live, of course, on our Facebook page as well as our YouTube and Twitter uh, page as well. If you're following along with us on the live video, give us a like and a share. We'd appreciate that. Get as many people in here as possible. Interact with us in the uh, in the comments if you'd like, uh, and we uh, we will interact with you throughout the show. We appreciate you uh, following us and supporting us as always. Make sure you go to our uh, to all of our social media and give us a follow there. Go to our YouTube channel. Uh, and subscribe to us there. Subscribe on all podcast platforms. Make sure you check out our home network, NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We stream daily at LeapSports.com. And the sponsor of this show, of course, uh, is the ArenaEats.app. So make sure you uh, check them out uh, as well. I think it's only going to be me and Sean this week, but that's fine. Uh, Matt, unable to join. Dave uh, may jump on later, like do a drive-by like he did uh, a week ago, but uh, Sean, welcome in, bud. How you doing? Yo, ho, ho. yo, you still got the uh, very, very pleased to see the Harry Callis uh, showing up. Hey, the- you guys oh, asked, the- you asked nicely, so you know, I figured I'd, I'd throw it in there. 
and I and I knew it was coming. I didn't know where in the intro. I didn't get to click the link you sent me, and, and I kind of just it was on the back burner, and I never got to it. And uh, I, I got I, I got goosebumps again every time I hear the call. Goosebumps. It it never. Uh, it's it's the, the the same thing with those Capitals clips for me. Like it just yeah. it, it truly just the, just the voice of Harry Callis calling it. Like just the, the the gold standard in my opinion as far as baseball voices go. And uh, you know just to hear it, it was it was unbelievable. You know, maybe maybe with enough push, uh, still hearing a lot of caps and various things. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe sneak in a little uh, little Super Bowl Fifty Two call from uh, yeah. That look, I cut out the Cowboys clip. You're <laughs> probably you're probably not going just to get sneak in. You're probably not going to get an Eagles clip. Let me just Jake. Jake seems to feel like it's all caps. Everything. Let me. All uh, caps. Well, no, there was just the, I. There's actually less caps clips now because there was two. It's true, there are less. We we we've Th- there was two that were longer. Woods. This one, we yeah, the, Tiger Woods hidden in there. Well, the the, the, the the Tiger and the Miracles were there. Then I then the the Capitals clip. The, there's there's two now. There was two before, but the two before they were longer. This one's shorter, and then we get the Ovechkin. And quite frankly, if you uh, if you can't if you don't like the Ovechkin clip, then I, I don't know what to tell you because. We're not going to be fucking suck this year is a fantastic clip, <laughs> no matter who you are. Um, yeah, Tyler says, well, Tampa Force at Game 7, that that game underway now. They're up one nothing. I mean, it's only the top two, but uh, we will uh, we will keep track of that one as long as we're on the air. Um, and props to props to my man Jake again with the uh, the the dope nickname, the Arena by any other name. Uh one of the one of the best best nicknames not being used on the the mothership and, and wherever <laughs> else uh, needs to be used everywhere. A Rosarena by any other name. <laughs> there we go. Still a Rosarena, just in case you were wondering the the tail end of that. So obviously, Sean, one of the the biggest stories um, in college football this past weekend was the uh, return of the Big Ten, and with the return of the Big Ten gave us one of our biggest upsets so far of the college football season, and that came in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, the Hoosiers playing a team that you and I, being originally you and, and me still from central Pennsylvania, uh, we know the team, we know the fans all so well, um, and it came down to, uh, in in overtime, um the Hoosiers went for two. They uh, and I'm, I'm going to put the picture up here. You know this this is the shot. Now this is from uh, from a bit of an angle, um, but we you know we've seen the shot, we've seen the play, um, you know, and 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 this this got everybody's uh, reaction. Um, obviously, for people who don't like Penn State, <laughs> are going to agree with the call. People who love Penn State are not going to like the call. Um, first off, I knew that I, I said, because uh, my wife and I were watching the game, and when they scored the touchdown, I said, I bet they go for two. Because at that point, what is Indiana? Indiana has nothing to lose at that. They've already they've yeah. already won. They've already yeah. won their battle for that game. And we've seen this before. When you have a team that, that that's the underdog, a big underdog, they go for two. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. But if you keep kicking, the longer that game goes on, eventually that 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 hand gets played to Penn State because they arguably are the better team. 
Well, sure. And, and, you know, having the chance to go second there, um, you know, you, you give up the touchdown, you got to go in from 25 yards. Wasn't an easy March necessarily. I mean, I mean, they did get in, but that, that may be your last chance to control a walk-off because you got to take the ball first. And if you can't get in the end zone, you know, or, or heaven forbid, miss a field goal so where, where you give Penn state that advantage to see what they need to do. Um, you know, you, you, you can, uh, you know, you, going for two was was to me a no brainer there, especially since you know you kind of let Penn State come back in it. You had a chance to lose it in regulation, and um, were able to kind of hang in there and have that chance to put it away. Why wouldn't you? Um, far as the call goes, um, watching in real time, it you know when you're where that official is on the uh, outside of the pylon, and the pylon comes towards you, which is what it did. Whether that ball mm-hmm. touched out of bounds on the line, whatever happened, something hit the inside of that pylon because it came out yes. towards the sideline. So for him to see that and see where the stretch was, and, and you know the initial stretch, I was like, he's got it. Um, when the ball started dropping, uh, he was held back a lot farther than I thought he would be. Um, when you slow it down 100 times, it makes it real easy, you know, if, if you don't want it to be in, to <laughs> see it that way. Because um, it is real close whether that, you know – I, I, the more I watch it, the more I think the tip did cross the edge of the goal line. It was right. just an issue of did it happen before it touched out of bounds. And, um, you know, I, I think I think the best judgment call was made at the time on the field. And I think that the call to overturn it would have been a way bigger mishandling of the situation than than to leave it stand. They didn't say confirmed. Yeah. It was just one was, of those scenarios stands. where it was if stands. they would have called him short, I'm – I don't think there's any way they would have they would have caught it the other way. So, um, you know, whether it was across or not, only the sports gods and, and the tip of that football may know for sure. But um, but I don't think the officials blew anything at the end of that game. Um, you know, and, and if you're Penn State and you're mad at an official, uh, let's just remember what the spread on that game was and that you were planning on wandering into um, Ohio State with a chance to maybe crack the top four. Uh, so that's not happening. And um you know, it's it's just one of those. Last week, I talked about how Penn State may be getting Ohio State at a good time because the wheels may not be rolling. I think maybe they fell victim to that, and and Indiana caught them at the right time, and and they just weren't quite there, uh, and had the wheels kind of you know they didn't get spinning fast enough, uh, quick enough, and you kind of let a home team catch you off guard. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I think you made a great point with the the call that was made on the field. Um, w- with the official, I think the right call was yeah. made on the field. And when you went to review and I know, you know, we got a lot of comments, uh, on, on Facebook and Twitter. We appreciate all the, the comments. I'm not going to be able to get them all here. Um, obviously if you can guess the, the, the Penn state faithful, um, not happy with the call, uh, people who are not Penn state fans tend to agree. Um, but, but the bottom line is not only do you do you not because there was no there was no shot from directly on the goal line, both the the picture I shared here in the video and the angle of of the videos that were were shown on the replay all came at an angle. So first off, that's a disadvantage if you're Penn State. Yeah. Secondly, I you know watching I I've watched this play in slow motion so many times, and and I'm still not a hundred percent sure that the tip of the ball didn't break the plane of the end zone before it even touched the pylon and or out of bounds. 
Yeah, and, while and, it was in the air, you mean? Yes. Like while it was while yeah. it was airborne, and that's what I kept looking and, yeah, at and too. Yeah, and that is, is that and may that's have an, already crossed. Yeah, and that's another reason why I, I I think you cannot overturn this, Re- regardless of what the call on the field was. I think the decision to uphold the call on the field is the right decision because there was whether you agree with it or not. The the bottom line in replay to overturn a call is it has to be indisputable. Right. And I, I'm 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 gonna go ahead and say it. I'm probably gonna make some friends of mine mad that are Penn State fans. But if you if you try and tell me that that the video was inconclusive, like indisputable, that that ball was out of bounds, you're lying to yourself. Yeah, you're yeah, mad because right. you lost. And don't get me yeah. wrong, and if you this, can be mad. Right, you can be mad. If I was Notre Dame, I'd be mad. If this was Notre Dame losing that way, I'd be mad. So I'm not faulting you for being mad. I'm faulting you for for after the initial anger <laughs> is there for not being able to step back and say, okay. Right. The decision- it's going to cloud your judgment at the, at the moment of the play. But to let it cloud your judgment two and three and four days later, uh, you got to let it go, man. Like You got to move on. Yeah, and and that's that that's the bottom line. We have some of some great uh, conversation here, with Tyler and Ta- uh, from Tyler and Tanner. Um, he Tanner says they made the right call by letting the decision on the field stand. Not enough to overturn. Um, same with Tyler. They they, they both agree. And yeah, I, I'm 100 percent uh, with Tyler. Penn State shouldn't have lost the game. 100 percent. Like. Penn State did this to themselves. Penn State put themselves in the situation. And another thing that, that Penn State fans don't maybe don't want to admit or, or uh, you should be angry about as well is the fact that not not only did uh, the running back uh, Ford, I think his name is, uh, he should have went down after he had the first down. Sure, that's also a kid who's a sophomore who only carried like 26 times last year who has open field in front of him. Instinct takes over there. I think you should also be mad at James Franklin because you had a minute and 45 seconds. Indiana had one timeout. You had first and 10. At the very least, you take three knees. You're going to get the ball down to about 20 seconds, kick a field goal. And then Indiana has to, uh, you know, Indiana has to go down and, and score a touchdown. Not even, not even kick a field goal. Right. They have to score a touchdown at that point. Um, so, I, so I think you know the, the the defense was bad the quarterback play was bad for the first 3 quarters um you know th- this looked like a team that was not prepared i also don't think penn state you know you you can look at those preseason rankings all you want and this is why especially this year preseason rankings aren't worth the paper they're printed on um this is this isn't the number 2 team in the big 10 they're not and all the analysts saying that uh is is penn state going to be the team to knock off ohio state no the nope. defense stinks. The secondary is real bad. So not only is Ohio State going to torch you, there's going to be other teams in the Big Ten that are probably going to torch you this year, or at least put up it's a very fight. possible. It's very possible. I mean, I, I know uh, you know we'll probably get to our picks a little bit later, but Michigan looked way stronger than I expected them to, especially out of the shoot. So <laughs> imagine you know, what I, having not Shea Patterson under center will do for you. <laughs> it's it's unreal how he, how he was in there that long. But but you're right. There's other teams. You know. And and there's a few teams that probably aren't as good, you know, top to bottom as Penn State that are going to give them a, a little bit of a run because if they can't tighten up that defense, like you said, I mean you, I mean Indiana for a good chunk of that game, even though the you know they weren't scoring points every time, was able to move the ball pretty much every drive they had. So I, I don't, um, 
you know, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, with the evolution of the game, the, the kind of mobile quarterback uh, that that obviously surprised them, uh, even though you knew who he was. Um, it's you know, it's a whole different ballgame when you're asked to go out there and and um, and actually make the stop. Absolutely. Tyler, that's a question here. Does college football need pylon cams? Um, yeah, I, I think all football can benefit from them, but you have to make them. Uh, you have to make them really good. And I think that's where the problem is. Cause I think, uh, ESPN, I think uses them in the NFL as like kind of a trial thing. They're not an official right. no, re- they don't replay get cam. The, the, the problem, the problem I think with pylon cams is, is obviously, uh, you know, the, the pylons can be knocked over. Um, and you know, that they may not necessarily come into play or, uh, they, they can be easily blocked and I know other camera angles can be blocked as well, but, um, you know, I think you and I, you and I have talked, talked about not on this show, but with, with the level of technology and, 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 you know, we have the NFL next gen stats that can tell me that, uh, DK Metcalf reached a top speed of 22.47 miles per hour and ran 109 yards, uh, to catch up to Buda Baker. And they can tell me that within minutes, they can the tell me that minutes. within about a minute and a half. So, and it's because of like wearable technology and, um, and, and things like, so you can't tell me that we're, that we can't be far or we could already potentially be there that they couldn't put some sort of chip in, in each end of the football and put sensors on the, on the, the goal line at the plane of the goal line that could, that could basically put up like a force field. Uh, almost like a and dog. Tell me whether the ball crossed. Almost right. like an invisible dog fence. <laughs> you know, Walmart that, can tell me if I'm walking one of their bottles of cologne out the front door, right? But we can't figure out if a football's crossing the plane. Hell, you got you got our dad a a, a a baseball jersey in Disney that they forgot to take the tag off that buzzed in the store up here when you tried to take it back. So yeah, tried to take a return and it buzzed. It, you, you know, know, so you can't tell I, me I they know. can't put a chip in a football in 2020. We've had doors that open themselves for decades. <laughs> exactly. You can't so, get a goal line that does the same thing. So I, um, I unless think, you're the Jets' defense, then well, it opens well, itself. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really. You know, so I, I think that that should be something that, and, and maybe it already is, and, and maybe that's a technology. I'm that, sure it has to be something they're working on. Um, but I just never really understood like how we have, you know, and the pylon cam is one where like, yeah, it's great. The other thing is, is like much like first down markers, um, they're not always true. Uh, if they are getting knocked down, you know, you'd have to make sure that it had a a, a designated secure spot uh, that that it would it wouldn't move and it had a like, you know, it's very easy for that camera to get skewed and and not be a true shot down the goal line too. Um, but we have overhead cams, zip line cams, blimp cams. We have all these cams, and yet every time it goes to review, there's not a single one that looks straight down on the goal line from yeah. from the angle yeah, that, of that that's... plane. That's just baffling. Well, do you to me, remember back in domes and things? Like, I just I don't. I mean, do you remember back? You I think it. it was it was like the Super Bowl around like the year two thousand or two thousand and three or something like that, where they had all of those cameras around the perimeter of the thing so that they could do like the three sixty during the halftime show. And so I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, why are we not using some of this twenty years later uh, in the uh, in the thing? And and, and yeah, Tanner says here it's a bit wild. Any of the Big Ten teams are even ranked in the top ten without playing a game. Um, one of them has moved into the top four. Yeah, in case anybody and, and, willing to talk about. It. Uh, yeah, and I mean, the you know the, there was a good good point, and this comes down to my issue with preseason rankings every year in general, but this year even more. And yeah, Ohio State jumped uh, uh, Notre Dame 
did I think it was kind of ridiculous? Sure. But two weeks from now, Notre Dame plays Clemson. If Notre Dame beats Clemson, they're probably going to be the number one team in the country and deservedly so. If they lose, they're going to fall. So it doesn't really bother me at this point uh, that that they're that, that that they are above Notre Dame. Like it's a little annoying. Um, I also saw like an article today, like somebody was talking about like Notre Dame shouldn't even be in the top five because of how bad their schedule is. I'm like, okay, so you want us to join a conference to legitimize ourselves? Now right. we're in one, and you're bitching that our schedule's too soft. Uh, put it this way: you just hate Notre Dame. Just say yeah, that. You just tell us. Like, just tell us yeah, you hate like, us. Like, that's hate fine. You guys. And I'll be like, okay. That's fair. You're allowed to hate us. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's for me. We, we you know preseason rankings are silly. This year it's even worse because because te- you know conferences and things are starting at different times. So it's it's. It is what it is. If, if Ohio State runs runs the table and they do it convincingly, uh, Ohio State belongs in in, in the top four uh, rankings in the in the middle of October. Normally, are useless. This year, even worse because there's still two uh, two whole months uh, of football until uh, we get to the, the the college football playoff rankings. So, um, I, I I try not to get too riled up about uh, about rankings at this point um but ultimately you know f- for me uh and we'll, we'll move on here uh the, the correct call was made the, the you know the decision on the touchdown, field touchdown stance yeah the the two-point stands penn state lost if you, you if you shouldn't have been in that spot to begin with uh you did it to yourself be mad about it that's fine I, i'd be mad about it too but it's not it's not the official's fault for a the call on the field and b upholding the call on the field because there was nothing there uh to overturn and um, yes jake it was a touchdown <laughs> it was good yes um it was a good conversion before we uh one other like short thing before we we get to the uh the the, the games this weekend in college football is I, I saw that uh ryan day the head coach of ohio state had like apologized in the post game for i guess scoring a touchdown late um and 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 kind of are you know that it, that it could have been looked at as he was running up the score a bit uh on Nebraska and now normally I, I would be like yeah that was kind of a dick thing to do however uh I'm actually going to defend that decision and if you're a Big Ten team uh maybe not Ohio State because you could probably be safe if you just go undefeated but if you're Michigan, if you're Wisconsin, if you're, uh, you know, Minnesota, Penn State, any of those teams that have to come anywhere from below number ten, if you want to make it to the college football playoff, you're gonna have it. You're gonna have at least one less game than everybody else. You're gonna have to murder. You, you you're gonna have to score big. So you should not have to apologize for quote running up the score. And I his starters weren't in the game at that point. So, like, what what else? What else are you really supposed to do? <laughs> Look, if you don't want a team to score on you, stop them. Right. Like, I mean, I, I've had situations where I've watched games and been like, "That's running up the score," but they're very few and far between. And I couldn't even tell you what the examples of them are. <laughs> I just remember there's a couple times I'm like, "That seems a little out of hand." But like, for the most part, as long as you're not, you know, heaving long shots down the field. But there's a lot of times teams are trying to make a comeback that they're like, "Please, please run actual plays." So we can try to take the ball back. 
Um, but, in that situation, like, and the way college football's always been, at least over the last few decades, you know it's coming. Like, you yeah. should just expect well, scores to and, rain and, and, until and also, the too, in a year like this, I think you can also justify it, too, because, you know, if you have a backup quarterback that's never taken a live snap before, never thrown a, a pass in a game, that that's practice that that, that is invaluable, especially because what happened? Look at Wisconsin right now. They, they're going to be on their fourth string quarterback, possibly for the next three weeks. Because three quarterbacks have tested positive for COVID, so and and the Big Ten, based on 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 their you know rules for the season, are it's a it's twenty one days that that you can't part of quarantine. So that's that's three games, <laughs> you know. So yeah, that's unreal. You know, that's a lot. That, that's, that's, a, that's that's half your schedule almost. Right. So, you know, those guys, you know, and, and obviously three quarterbacks testing positive is an extreme, but if you're Ohio State, what if, what if Justin Fields tests positive? Now you're, you're with a backup quarterback that maybe has never taken a live snap in a college football game. So, you know, I, I, I have no issue with people running up this score right now, uh, especially uh, – <laughs> um, think of the Joe Kelly meme people complain about uh, the score being run up. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's – It'd be different if, if starters were in the game, if uh, you know, if you're just out there heaving bombs. But you know, if you if you don't want somebody to score, stop you. Um, all right, Sean, let's go to the uh, the matchups this weekend. We got actually have five. Now there was not there was only one game with two teams in the top twenty five playing each other. So I pulled some other ones. Uh, looking at the overall from this past week, and I've made up ground in both the NFL and college yeah, football. Yeah, I, I had an off week. You it, did, yeah. It didn't go as well as planned. I'm glad I didn't decide to start <laughs> putting money on things. I was 4-0 and in college football this past week, and so I'm uh, back above 500, 10-9. Uh, you went 2-2, two for 2-2, two, uh, two and two. Uh, so you're 16-3 now overall uh, in college um, for the year. Uh, so the first one I want to look at, I'm, I'm bummed. Uh, actually, my wife is bummed. That uh, Matt is not with us this week because uh, Dana was really curious to see what uh, what Matt was going to have to say about the Michigan Wolverines, especially if I pulled. Maybe his, that's why he's not. He, he's he's running scared. I don't blame him either. You know, it's. Um, but uh, it is the battle for the Paul Bunyan Trophy. Uh, Michigan State, who coming off their loss to Rutgers, Rutgers first Yikes. Big Ten win. Uh, we'll talk about them here in a second. Big first Big Ten win since two thousand and seventeen. Greg Schiano back there in Rutgers. Look out. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State 0-1 at the number 13 Michigan Wolverines. They're a 25-point home favorite. 53 is the over-under on this one noon on Fox. Um, I'm going to just keep this thing rolling. I'm going to go Michigan plus. Michigan State is bad, bad, bad. Uh, so I'm going to keep the uh, the Wolverines rolling. I'm going to go the over. Um, Michigan dropped, you know, what, 30 plus? 49. 49 points against a, a pretty good Minnesota team, Michigan might hit that over number themselves this weekend. So I got Michigan and the over. Yeah, I, I usually I try to, even if I'm agreeing <laughs> with you, talk up the other team somehow and, and bring up a reason why uh, they're going <laughs> to they're gonna come in here and like make a stand. Maybe it's a Heisman Trophy candidate or a big rivalry game. And, and I don't think this rivalry is strong enough to help anybody <laughs> in East Lansing. Um, I mean, the good news is it's got to be a bounce back game, even if you lose, because a big loss to Michigan is a lot better than any loss to Rutgers. Uh, so congratulations <laughs> on the bounce back ahead of time. Uh, either way, uh, 
My only fear on the over-under was going to be, can Michigan State score enough points to push it? <laughs> um, and um, I'm, I'm like you said, I think Michigan has a shot to score just as many on, on their own. Um, and, um, you know, I'm going to take the over. I think, I think we're going to go, go even on this one. I don't think there's any way it doesn't go Michigan's way uh, with the points. And, um, and I'll take the over with you because it's always safer bet than under. Yeah, exactly. All right, then we go number 20, Coastal Carolina. They're 5-0, and a uh, one-point road favorite at Georgia State, 64 and a half. Uh, is the over-under Georgia State 2-2. Two and two. This one at noon uh, on ESPNU. I don't know much about either of those teams, but I love Coastal Carolina's colors. I love their teal field, <laughs> uh, even though they're not playing on the teal field this weekend. Um, so I'm going to go Coastal Carolina, but I'm going to go the under just because I don't know anything uh, about these teams. But I'm going to take Coastal Carolina to cover that mighty one. <laughs> yeah, um, Coastal Carolina sneaking into the top uh, 25. You know, you got to... Something good has to have shown somewhere uh, for them to uh, for them to have snuck in there. Uh, they did have two. Um, you can call them quality. You can argue with me if you want, but they did beat a Kansas team that typically, even in a bad Big Twelve situation, probably would have would have beaten Coastal Carolina, uh, especially if it was basketball. Uh, although Coastal Carolina Kansas sounds like a beginning of the NCAA sure does tournament game. sure does. But um, but they beat them. Beat an Arkansas State team that's like. Okay, they're usually there. They're usually beating somebody. Um, I don't. I can't tell you much about uh, Arkansas State, other than that it's the name that I recognized, <laughs> and it's the only other win that I think matters. Uh, but the bottom line is, um, in this type of game, looking at their track records, I'm going to take Coastal Carolina with you. Um, they got a, a, a stellar, stellar set of colors. I have to agree with you there. Um, and and I believe their their mascot, the 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 Chanticleers. Chan- I think I think that sounds about right. Also, this is KU fan is. here. Just stop. <laughs> yeah, he's a KU fan. I know you're not. I know you weren't a KU fan uh, when you when you had our fat throwaway coach from Notre Dame coaching there for a couple <laughs> of years. Nobody cared about that football team. He didn't care about that football team. No, he, he was still collecting I think money. Still paying Charlie Weiss. Uh, so yeah, I think Notre Dame just uh, just stopped paying him about a year ago. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'm gonna take the Chanticleers. Uh, and the over, because any over-under that's set at 63 wants me to bet under, uh, I'm going over. Let me go back to the Big Ten. Uh, we have number 17, Indiana. Uh, they are 1-0. They're a 13-point uh, home favorite here against 1-0 uh, Rutgers. Again, uh, Greg Schiano back there. I- I'm not saying this team's going to compete for a Big Ten title anytime soon. But uh, Greg Schiano is going to get that team back, at least in, in, in relevancy. And don't be surprised if they pull off some upsets here, um, you know, over the next couple of seasons. Uh, 52 and a half is the over under this one at 330 on the Big Ten Network. Uh, I have Indiana uh, even covering that 13. I, I think that Indiana squad looked pretty good. I don't know how good Penn State is. Um, but but when you look at some of these big teams in, in the Big Ten, Penn State still um, – you know, should be better, should be more physical uh, than some of these teams. So I like Indiana. I think they're going to cover the thirteen, um, but I'm going to go the under. I just I, I don't I don't have a sense for either of these teams totally yet. Yeah, I think this spread's a little large uh, for me to be as comfortable as I thought I'd be picking it. Uh, if it had been about seven, I'd tell you this was the, this was my lock of the week. But but I think at that spread, there is a risk that somehow Rutgers covers it, especially if Indiana decides to turn the ball over. Uh, Rutgers was pretty, um, uh, 
pretty good at taking advantage of some some miscues by Michigan State, and there were plenty of them. Um, but um, but I don't. I, I think Rutgers is more for real than they have been. Um, but I, I don't think it's there. I, I think they're a team that's going to kind of push over the next few years, like you said. Uh, it's not time. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily Indiana's time either. But in this particular matchup, I'm going to take Indiana. I'm going to take them to cover. Um, and as far as an over-under in this one, you we got it at where? Uh, I have it at 52 and a half. Uh, yeah, let's go over again. Why not? That one I don't I don't like, but I'll go over <laughs> with all right, we got to disagree somewhere here, though. Let me find one somewhere. All right, then we go to uh, Texas. They're two and two at number six. Oklahoma State, who is four and zero, they're a three point home favorite. Uh, 58 and a half uh, is the over under on this one. Four o'clock on Fox. Look, Texas has not been very good this year. Uh, inconsistent at best at times. Uh, but that uh, an unranked team. And a and a three point spread at home, uh, some I feel like somebody knows something there. So I'm going to actually take Texas not only to cover. I think they're going to win this game outright, and just not that the Big Twelve realistically had a shot for a college football playoff. But I think this ends any of that discussion completely. Um, so Texas wins, and it's the Big Twelve. I'm taking the over. Yeah, yeah, you can mark me down for the over on this one without me even going through <laughs> my bit here. Uh, but the, um, yeah, I mean that's the first thing I noticed right away. Uh, anytime they're telling you that that the uh, number six team in the country uh, is only a three point favorite, and you're you're all about going in on them, um, it makes it real hard, um, real hard to go to go against uh, the other way. Um, but because you already took my hype and, and took Texas anyway. Um, I'm going to ride Oklahoma State. We're going to take the Cowboys. Uh, and it's the, you, can, you can save that sound bit if you want, but I will fight to the teeth that it was Oklahoma State. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it may just be one of those ones. Sometimes uh, you get this scenario where, you know, people aren't buying Oklahoma State for, uh, as real. Um, and, you know, it was going to be real hard to get folks to bet on Texas anyway. Uh, so maybe by, by making it that close, it was kind of that sneaky play where they wanted folks like you to jump on that spread, take Texas, and then watch them get obliterated. Um, Oklahoma State's got a lot of speed on that on that team, and and you know I'm not saying Baylor didn't, and I know Texas just had a huge win uh, over the Bears, uh, but I, I don't I don't see a repeat there. I think it's kind of let down week for for Texas, uh, especially on the road. I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys and the over. All right, very good. And then the last one, Sean, in college before we take our break, number three, Ohio State. There, one and zero, ten point road favorite at number eighteen, Penn State, zero and one. The over under on this one, sixty two and a half, seven thirty on ABC. Um, you know, if if COVID's not a thing, pandemic's not a thing, this game was going to be your night game, your whiteout at Penn State. Um, that is not going to be the case. That crowd is not going to be a factor. I watched the Indiana Hoosiers put up 38 on this Penn State team. Um, uh, it is Ohio State. It is Ohio State Plus. It is the over, and you can just... You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Ohio State actually just scored up. their first touchdown. They already scored? They already That's scored. Incredible. It's already 7 nothing Ohio State. <laughs> incredibly fast start. Buckeyes are fast. (laughs) 
Anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to kind of roll with you here. The one thing I will say about the Indiana loss is it may actually help their cause a little bit in this game uh, in a weird way. I think what fans are going to be allowed there uh, are going to be extra loud because all of a sudden this is your only shot at, at something at this point. I, th- I think if, if you drop this game, then all of a sudden the Big Ten championship's out. Uh, there's not even the – you know, in, in a bad season, you know, say they would have lost – you know, three or four games this year, but had won this whiteout game, people would still talk about that whiteout game and how great that game was, and it would make the season relevant. And so they do have that going for them. You want to make the season relevant, you want to do something, uh, this is going to be the one. Unfortunately, I didn't see anything against Indiana that showed me they're ready for anything Ohio State's going to throw at them. Um, they looked kind of confused and bewildered and just outrun on a lot of the plays Indiana ran. And um, if you're outrun by the Hoosiers, uh, those Buckeyes are already past you. So uh, I'm going to take the Buckeyes. Uh, I'm going to take them to cover. I'm going to take the over as well. And you can double lock that one up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right. And we are going to pause here, pay some bills from our sponsor, and uh, make sure you stick with us on the other side. we got NFL picks, a World Series check-in, and we're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Yikes. Stick with us. Huddle Up Live. Messages. We'll be right back. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app. That's arenaeats.app for the ultimate fan experience at your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis on all things sports. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, subscribe to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Welcome back to the Huddle Up Podcast. Here live on our Twitter page, our Facebook page, and our YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed and following along with us on all of those if you are not already. We appreciate that. And uh, for those following along and interacting with us, we appreciate that as well. Give it a like, give it a share, and uh, leave some comments. And we'll uh, interact with you as the rest of the show goes on. Sean, a few News topics in the NFL before we get to our uh, game picks for the week. 
Uh, you got a new wide receiver down there in Tampa Bay, Sean. That is the big news. Officially signed today, Antonio Brown. We posted earlier the uh, the contract details. And, uh, man, they, uh, they're going for it. They want it. Oh, oh, they do. And, and Tom wants it. And Tom says, I need this. It's just kind of baffling watching, uh, you know, a guy like Bruce Arians who, you know, despite, and I'm not saying Jameis had a real voice down here, but despite like, you know, his struggles in Arians offense and, and, you know, the, the, the changes that people pointed, like, you know, playing to a strength more, simplifying the offense thing. Like it was like, no, no I'm a system coach. It's my team. But like, it was just kind of this whole, like, well, he can't buy into Arian's system and, uh, you know, you get a guy like Tom down here who's like, you know, another wide receiver would be nice. And they're like, well, Tom, he's been in trouble with the law and the league, and he, it doesn't matter. These two he's pro like, oh. wide receivers aren't enough. I, I'm, I, I need to make sure that I have all the crutches I need. Um, yeah, which so is exactly know. exactly what I need as a Mike Evans fantasy owner. The guy's yeah. already allergic to touchdowns this year. Hell, he's allergic to catches this year. And now you're going to put Antonio Brown in there. I do know that if you drive down to the shore of the of the bay here in, in St. Petersburg and, and put your ear kind of towards the water, uh, you can already hear Antonio Brown's mouth from the other side, so that's pretty <laughs> exciting. Um, look, I don't think fantasy owners of the other receivers should be panicking as far as uh, you know the kind of their run to the playoffs. My fear would be kind of late in the season. But let's be honest. If, you're, if your fantasy wide receiver is Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, uh, the same situation is, is – should be scaring you way more than Antonio Brown. It's the fact that neither one of them has two legs that can seem <laughs> to make it more than four games in a row. So let's not worry about Antonio Brown cutting into their targets. I'd be much more worried about their legs. If anything, Antonio Brown's going to eat into some targets, uh, which may you know prevent the number of hits they're taking in a game. Instead of you know seven catches on fourteen targets, <laughs> you know maybe you can hope for seven out of eight. You know maybe catch every single one of them. So I, I don't think. Um, um, I do see, I do see Dan, Dan chiming in, uh, from the LTZ, the, the, the LAN, I don't know what Lancaster's thing is. Um, but do any mid season signings actually ever make a big difference? Uh, occasionally, um, not usually from like a big fantasy perspective or a big numbers perspective. Um, but you're, you're right. As long as it's, it's not a scenario where you're replacing somebody who's hurt, it's, it's rarely going to be a situation like that. Um, it's very rare that this late in the season that person is a multi-time MVP and Super Bowl winner. That that makes it kind of a different ball game. And and I think the guy still has a lot of talent. I think your big fear if you're Tampa Bay is you can't get him too too involved in the offense because all it takes is one slip and the league's going to jump on the guy. Sure, he doesn't have a lot of rope no, uh, to work no. with here. So you know if he's cleaned up his act, great. If you know if he can do something with Tampa, you know, good for him, I guess. But. uh and it's a risk-free but, signing for Tampa, you know, low low oh, value. Yeah, gonna, oh, uh, it's an I mean, incentive laden, so um, you know it's 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 on um, it's 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 on Antonio Brown to to not uh, you know not not screw it up. The you know the, the the closest one you can even make a comparison to here is when the Cowboys traded for Amari Cooper, uh, and he paid off pretty good dividends, you know, in in the short term. Um, the, the, the other thing you have a little bit of an advantage, um, is, you know, even though it was, you know, a, a week or two, but, but Brady has worked with Antonio Brown. Now they haven't worked together in, a, in an Arians offense. So, um, will it have immediate impact? Maybe probably not, but if Brown can k- stay out of his own way, 
Uh, I think this has more potential late in the season and into the playoffs, which is why I think you make this signing. I don't think you're you're worried about it in the in the short term. I think you're looking uh, January, February, which if he can stay out of his own way, you get integrated because I mean, we we saw the first couple weeks of the season, Brady didn't look like himself. All of a sudden, uh, he's he's starting to look like himself again. Gronk's starting to look like himself again. Uh, the Tampa team's starting to look a little bit a uh, little bit dangerous. So, um, yeah, it, it's and again, it, it, it's a matter more of Brown staying out of his own way. The guy. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of compare him in a way, and I know we, we've talked about this, um, obviously not on the show before, but it, it, almost like a guy like Terrell Owens, who is always going to be physically ready to play. And I think Antonio Brown physically ready to play. It's a matter of can he stay out of his own way mentally and stuff like that is going to be the big question. Well, yeah, and, and I think um, I think as far as Antonio Brown, I, I, don't, I see about uh, an insurance policy. Jake asking, is there an insurance policy on the contract? Uh, I'd imagine a very little of it is is guaranteed. You know, it's a small signing, but it's a one year deal. So even if there's not a huge insurance policy, that one year is a big insurance policy in itself. You're getting them for you know half the games. Um, but but he he makes a good point. He says it, it it helps Mike Evans. I would agree. I think anything to draw attention away from him. Um, Mike Evans is tremendous at the point of the catch, and and you know when when you're down a Godwin, uh, and you know and your other guys on the field are, are named Scotty Miller. Uh, Scotty don't, um, you just, Scott, these guys are good, good skill players. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, one week you're like, Oh, he's the best fantasy signing in the world. And the next two weeks, three targets. Uh, so don't buy the Scotty Miller hype just yet. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it's gone. He has one week left. You want to buy in on Scotty Miller one time. This is the week. Try him <laughs> out. Maybe he gets a deep ball. Maybe he scores a touchdown. Maybe he doesn't. And even if he does, cut him because Antonio Brown's coming to town right. uh, to take all. Yeah, the this is your so, week. Um, but Antonio Brown, like you said, um, not a huge risk, uh, but he should draw some attention. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he's a decoy early. Um, Scotty doesn't know. Thank you, Dan. Scotty, does Scotty know? Uh, no, no, Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> um, what Scotty doesn't know is that he's about to have uh, zero targets a game uh, after this week coming up, so he better get open. Uh, but the. <laughs> Uh, from the sound of things down here, people are pretty excited about it, I guess. Uh, obviously, you would. I, I do often – the question I, I brought up is, you know, is always this big thing of, you know, when Brady leaves Belichick, like if either of them are going to win another title, who's going to do it? You know, and I think people always kind of sided on the Belichick side of things. He'll find a way with, to win with whoever it is. That's proving to be false. Um, turns out um, Cam Newton <laughs> – Cam Newton, not the next big thing, you know, uh, for his QB rating and – yeah, <laughs> Cam Newton's no Matt Castle. I'll tell you that. That's, um, but, ain't that the truth? Uh, but Tom Brady, like he comes down, oh, he's going to save that hapless franchise. He's going to be the, you know, um, you know. Do you say like when you start signing, like all of a sudden Gronk comes to town too, and now you got an Antonio Brown? If Antonio Brown proves to be anything, you know, worth it, and and you look at the defense and go, well, I guess the defense last year was real. Did Tom really save it? Like, you know, I mean, I know these two probably wouldn't have signed here. You know, we're Tom, not the, uh, you know, at the helm. So, yeah, so I don't, I don't think sense, you, I don't think you get you know, Gronk and, and Brown without Tom Brady. It's, it's true. And, and, and in that sense, maybe he does. But, um, but it would be, I'm, I'm curious to see how that, how that spells out. I'm sure the folks here in Tampa are just fine with whatever the situation is. You want to play with Tom, come play with Tom. 
Um, I mean, I'm just, but, uh, I'm just happy. Um, I mean, I'm not obviously not happy that another NFC team is potentially going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, but as somebody who does like to watch the world burn a little bit, I'm going to enjoy watching sports media and sports Twitter uh, explode if uh, Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl somewhere else. <laughs> and James, and- <laughs> James, you're a Cowboys fan, and I'm an Eagles fan. More years than not, we're gonna well, watch yes. another yeah. NFC team well, have a chance to win. Well, I mean, Super but Bowl. actually, wait. Like, I, I regardless, I, I always pull for a AFC team. Uh, because I don't want any other NFC team, but it, but if if Brady does it, I've I've always said this. I, Br- Tom Brady's never hurt me. <laughs> like obviously, people around here, Steelers fans, Ravens fans, Eagles fans, Brady's hurt you guys, so I get it. I get it. You know, I have friends who are Broncos fans. I get it. He's hurt you. He's never hurt Eagles me. fans. Hate Tom Brady, or just like kidding themselves. Well, they're like, mad because he, he won a lot. He beat us in the Super Bowl. Like we got him back. But, like, th- there's no Eagles fan that could possibly, in any realistic fashion, going into that Super Bowl where, you know, you had a Terrell Owens on one leg going yeah, in against that, that team that was going on. We got to go, Broncos. Drew Locke. Um, He'll up. Uh, but there was no way anybody was going to honestly predict that the Eagles were going to win that. If I said Eagles would have needed a perfect game. Brady would have had to make a bunch of mistakes. We did the opposite made our mistakes, and still were within a field goal of winning that game. Um, so you can blame it on Donovan throwing up, nerves, whatever you want to call it. Um, that was a gutsy showing by both squads. Uh, sure. And uh, Brady, there was no reason Brady didn't, like, break your heart in that one. Yeah, Tom, you know, Tom's, Tom's like, never hurt winning, me. So I, They were winning the whole time. So I've, I've, I've always had, like, zero issue with the Patriots. And, and watching somebody be that good. Uh, at what they do is just it, it's it's masterful. Like he's call him a cheater if you want, but I'd rather have somebody that wants to win bad enough to cheat than I'd rather have that than somebody who just doesn't mind losing, uh, or that won't stand up when your quarterback gets his head taken clean off his body. Transition here. Um, well, sounds like some uh, <laughs> sounds like some hurt feelings. There. Um, you got a little got a little something irritating you there. The obviously Cowboys Twitter is just uh, a, a a an absolute mess. Uh, at this point, fans ready to to sell uh, Mike McCarthy up the river already. Uh, six games in, seven games in, um, which like my question, it, it wasn't a question of the week because I think the the Indiana topic brought had much more meat on the bone. Um, but like people saying, like, should Mike McCarthy be on the hot seat? Is he on the hot seat? Look, it's hard enough to to come into uh, a, a a team like Dallas where a head coach has arguably, you know, very little to zero control. And then now you have to do this with uh, a weird camp, a weird offseason, no scrimmages, no preseason, uh, Dak breaking his ankle. Now you have Andy Dalton. You're on second and third string offensive line. Your defense is bad. Mike Nolan's defenses are historically terrible. Um, I mean, your your mistake there is probably having Mike Nolan as your DC. Uh, he should be one to go. Kellen Moore should probably – uh, find a new place to work too as an OC. Uh, that may have been a poor choice. Um, but I'm not. I'm not willing to eat to. Even if the Cowboys finish two and fourteen, I'm not willing to say let's bag the Mike McCarthy experience after game one. Like the Cowboys have been with Jason Garrett and then Wade Phillips and Dave Campo and Co- for decades, and it, it is a culture of failure. It is a culture of losing. Um, that that's going to take more than 
seven weeks and no preseason to fix. This notion that Mike McCarthy, uh, even if the Cowboys are at full strength, like they, they should be a lot better than they are. But the, with that, the way the cookies have crumbled so far in the first seven weeks this year and that you're, you're potentially starting Ben DiNucci in Philadelphia this Sunday, um, that's that's not great. <laughs> like, that's just not great. So, um, you know, I'm not happy about it. However, I'm not I'm not ready to to sell Mike McCarthy out and say we need to find a new head coach again because it it's it's way too early to be talking any of that. I do like the the emergence of you said cookie, but I do like the the emergence of a potential hashtag and that's the way the Cowboys crumble. I do like that a lot. Uh <laughs> that's the way the Cowboy crumbles. Um oh man, that's the way the Cowboy crumbles. That that could be a <laughs> Hashtag for that Dak injury. That'd be terrible. That would yes, not be. That Cowboy would not be very nice. Be in poor taste. Poor taste. But I'm not above it. Uh, anyway, um, as far as Dallas goes, I mean, I think jumping on McCarthy's kind of, like like you said. I mean, the number of coaches that have come and gone uh, and probably should have gone faster than they did get gone. Um, I just always have found it interesting. Like you know, I mean, what are these veteran coaches? I mean, obviously, it's a heck of a paycheck going to Dallas, especially if you're a guy being courted sure. uh, by the Cowboys. And there's no way you're going to turn that down. But I always wonder if, like, a guy like McCarthy's going in there with the mindset, like, I could be the coach that brought Dallas back. And you know darn well the media in Dallas and, and whose pockets, you know, are being filled by who and who's doing what, that Jerry Jones is going to take complete credit for anybody that brings that team back to relevance. So, like, I always find – if there was one – positive that would come out of a Cowboys Super Bowl win in my brain that's the only one I can think of is the fiasco of like who's <laughs> responsible for it who takes credit uh, who gets the uh... but but it's not gonna happen because no. until Jerry Jones is dead uh, or leaves the team or did, you know relinquishes full control um, it's gonna continue to be the dumpster fire and Jake brought up Wade Phillips I will say this Wade Phillips would have already thrown that uh, defensive coordinator uh, right out into the street. Oh, I, I loved Wade Phillips as a defensive coordinator. Do not get me wrong. I still do. Uh, yeah, I, I would take him back in a heartbeat as a DC. Take anyone from the Phillips family. You can give him a se- Wade Phillips' second cousin. I bet he knows more about defense than whoever's running Dallas's camp. But I, I, do not, I, I was speaking to him as a head coach. He was terrible as a head coach. Should have never been the yeah, head coach. Did not coach. go well. Did not go well. No, no. Much like most head coaches in the last right. twenty five years. But yeah, Dallas needs to just like you wanted to see what McCarthy could do with the starting unit. You wanted to see what he could do with some talent there and see if he could guide it anywhere. It didn't quite look like it. I mean, offensively they looked great. We don't know how inflated those stats were. Um, but you, you gotta give him another chance. I mean, who are you gonna go sign? There's not another Mike McCarthy available. No. So so if you're gonna try it with a veteran guy and you want him to build a system. For crying out loud, if Gruden can have as many years as he does out there in the desert, you may as well give him one more. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's uh, let's move on here to the uh, the Big Four uh, for this weekend. Big four big games uh, in the NFL that we're going to look at. I want to uh, keep us up to date on our against the spread. Uh, you did better than you did in college, but you didn't do as good as me this week. I was four and zero for fifteen and eight overall on the season. You were three and one to bring you in at seventeen and four. Uh, so uh, I'm 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 slowly climbing back here, uh, keeping it closer in uh, in the NFL. Uh, so we're gonna start uh, bye weeks this week. The Washington Football Team, the Arizona Cardinals, Jacksonville Jaguars, 
and Houston Texans. And an update here from the World Series. Tampa Bay still up one nothing uh, as the top of the fourth inning gets underway uh, down there in Arlington. Uh, so we're going to start in Baltimore. The 6-0 and Pittsburgh Steelers, first time they're 6-0 since 1978, I believe. Uh, they, uh, and the last undefeated team as the Seahawks fell this week. Uh, again, at the Baltimore Ravens, 5-1. and They're a four-point home favorite. 47 is the over-under. This one, 1 o'clock on CBS. Um, man, and, and I, I get it. Baltimore's coming off a bye week. Uh, they've had two weeks to prepare for this game. Uh, but if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers and I do not, and if you know me, you know, I do not like talking in any way, shape or form favorably about any sports team from the city of Pittsburgh. But if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I almost feel insulted that I am a four point underdog on the road. Like I get, you're getting three give or take on at home. I don't know how that works when there's no crowd. Um, cause there is still no crowd in Baltimore. I believe if I'm the Steelers, I feel a little bit disrespected here. Uh, so I, I am none too happy. So I'm going to jump us off right away, Sean. I, I am going to go the under cause I feel like, uh, the Steelers defense, uh, the, the, the best way to, to win this game is to control the clock, run the ball and, and then slow the Baltimore offense down. But I'm going to go Steelers, uh, not only to cover they're going to win this game and I'm actually, you better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Steelers are going to stay undefeated. I don't like it, but it's going to happen. Locking it up. Locking it up early. Man, you think they're you think they're angry and they're embarrassed. I think they're going to be angry and embarrassed, and I just hope Chase Claypool catches a lot of touchdowns too. Well, I think those are three adjectives that are going to describe the Steelers this week, but I think it's going to be after they lose to the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Ravens end the undefeated stretch for the NFL. Uh, I think to, an extra week to prepare, not to mention the fact <laughs> speed on – Speed on defense, uh, you know, great pass rush, that kind of thing. Best uh, way to best way to combat that, um, have that uh, that speedy quarterback. I, I think the Ravens have been kind of uh, questioned. I think if the Ravens had been winning games the way that uh, people expected them to, I think the spread is even larger. Um, I think that small spread may kind of wake the the Ravens up. Be like, look what we're doing here. Uh, I like Baltimore's defense. Um, I do like uh, Chase Claypool to have a couple extra catches this week because I think um, just the, the type of routes he's going to run, uh, I think they're going to try to get him the ball more. They're going to try to get him involved in the running game. Uh, I, too, am going to take the under, however. I think the two defenses now, could I see it going over if if, uh, if the running game um, uh, starts to fail in Baltimore and they start heaving it downfield or let Lamar Jackson be the only one that runs like they should? Um, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but we're going to take the under. I'm going to take um, – I'm going to take Baltimore to cover. Uh, not going to lock this one because I, I, th- I think I have one coming up. But um, Ravens and um, your last undefeated streak in the NFL. All right. Then we go to Miami. It is two at time as the five two as the five and two Los Angeles Rams, a three and a half point road favorite, travel to Miami uh, at three and three coming off the bye week. Forty nine is the over under. Uh, on this one, one o'clock on Fox. Um, and uh, again, like we talked about last week, uh, excited to see what Tua can do. Um, you know, that that's a guy, regardless of, of, of who you are a fan of, you can cheer for. Um, but I, I, even with the bye week, I feel like it is a bad choice to start him uh, against this Rams defense. Uh, and that Rams offense looks like it's starting to click uh, as well. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Rams. 
to win this game. They're also going to cover that three and a half, but I'm actually going to take the under because I feel like uh, Tua is going to struggle uh, in his in his first game. So I'm actually taking the under the 49 there, Sean. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you here. I, I, I'm still, you know, I'm still, I think you and I are still on the same page as far as the Tua starting, and I get it. But, um, you know, the fact that Fitzpatrick seemed blindsided by now, you think Fitzpatrick would be used to it by now. Uh, but, like, you know, like like the Fitzpatrick when he was like, I'm, you know, I'm, when, he, when he had his whole press conference, he's like, I'm disappointed or I'm sad or I'm depressed, like whatever his descriptor wow. word was. It was like all these people started writing all these letters to him, like they feel bad for Fitz. And like, say, I'm like, the, it, the guy's had this happen to him about 15 times. Yeah. Like he's, it happened to him more than than pretty much anybody we do have a why are they benching fits uh and that's kind of was uh last week was, that was, was our uh, that was our discussion our yeah. point. um uh you know and it the only thing that makes sense is from day one this was the week right it was the bye week. The it was the bye week we're gonna have the bye week and then your job's to get us to but at that point why is Fitz surprised by it well, maybe and maybe, maybe it wasn't a maybe they maybe they didn't discuss it with him. Maybe it wasn't something like, "Hey, uh, Fitzy, we're, you're going to take us to the like." Why would you do that before the season? Um, why, why is he going to try? Right, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, but maybe it just internally between the coaching staff and the and management, they were like, "Hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna take you to the bye week, uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna turn the turn the keys over." Can you can you just throw Jake's? Uh, are you able to pull up uh, get his? Uh, popsicle stick quote the Deontay Johnson quote on the screen but that's why this is this is hysterical that he followed it up by correcting the spelling and then saying I just learned how to spell popsicle yeah we're not popping any sickle cells here we're not doing any of that you're not eating that it's a a popsicle it's a dessert treat it's a popsicle we're not if you were to pop sickle, Jake, you could have just uh, blamed we, it on autocorrect. That you know, yeah, like, you, you should have just. Because I mean, there's times I'll spell like I'll spell the word, like yeah, I'll spell food, and it'll just change it to hood or something. Like phones. Well, yeah, I type the word duck a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh yeah, I'm 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 ducking a lot of things, especially ducking a lot of things, especially when I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys. It's really ducking weird how that works out. Yeah, yeah, you're ducking more than the. Uh, and I feel like I should, I should, I should get a, 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 a sounder um, of, of quacking as well. <laughs> but uh, but I'm with you on this. One. I don't I don't think it's going to be a great start for Tua. I I, I assume we're going to see a few plays. I think the you know uh, he he has some escapability, so you may see some chances where the Rams over pursue, uh, and if he can get somebody open, um, you know you may see see Tua show some glimpses. Um, but yeah, as far as benching Fitzpatrick, especially, you know, in hindsight, like I know you can't change your mind going into this week, but with the Patriots looking as bad as they do and the Bills winning on field goals against the New York Jets team, uh, it's just, it, it, I mean, it's got to be killing. Like if, if you, if you think this team, and I don't think the Dolphins are that bad. I think I was watching, you know, with Jake, I was watching some, uh, uh, football, the woman, and I, I think the Dolphins are better than people think um you know the defense looks pretty good um i think there's some young receivers on that team and i'm not talking about parker uh that that show a lot of promise uh not that parker doesn't i think parker's still not quite as good as he was initially advertised or the people think he can be um but i think the rest of that team has some has some skill players and gasicki's great um if they can get a running game behind two going forward i think this could be a good team but I don't see any reason to change it up. Unfortunately, they are. And unfortunately for Tua, it's at a time where he's got to look across the line at Aaron Donald. 
Um, and, you know, your number one target's going to be looking at Jalen Ramsey, and, and, and I don't think it's going to go well for him. I think the Rams' defense picks up a score, maybe two. I think uh, the Rams are going to win this uh, with the points. Uh, I'm going to take them. Um, I'll just – I'll take the over – uh, just because I think the Rams' offense and defense are both going to score points, and, and maybe Tua does enough to get them there. Um, but as far as covering that spread and winning on the road in Miami, uh, you can lock it up. You're locking up the Rams? I'm locking up. The, if you'd have told me I'd lock up you McVay. Lock you better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. I'd have told you were crazy if you'd have told me I was going to use a lock on McVay at any <laughs> point this year, but this is the one. I think, I think that's the uh... – that's the right call. All right, two more. This one is was originally uh, going to be the Bears and the Saints, but based on what the Bears did last night, I, I changed it in the 11th hour. Um, the Bears, ironically enough, are who we thought they were. Stop. <laughs> or at least are who I thought they were. They're who you thought they, they were. Yeah, you had that. That's that's one. That's the one you got wrong last week. You uh, you bet too. Yeah, hard. I got a little fools happy. You uh, did. Who could blame me? You know. Hey, like, you know you're. He's he's, you know he's hurt me in the past. He has helped you, you hurt know, I've, me. I've I've put uh you know I put a lot of stock in Foles, and I mean I don't think everything that went wrong in that game is Foles' fault. No, uh, no, you know no, it's not no. a great cast around him. But that's a team that needs. They ask a lot out of that defense every week. Uh, so they they put that defense in some really bad situations, and they, for the most part, have kept teams from scoring. This week, that week, they just couldn't do it. <laughs> they could not. Uh, but I changed it. It is the, I, I changed it to this one. Three and three Raiders coming off the bye. Uh, they traveled to the five and two Browns. Now Sands Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham out for the year with the torn uh, ACL. But honestly, if you look at that team, um, Baker's kind of looked better when o- when Odell has not been on the field. Um, he, uh, why have you, did that hurt one of your fantasy teams? <laughs> no, I just, it's going to take more than one five touchdown performance for me to start believing in Baker Mayfield. I'm not saying I believe, but he, there's been times during the rest of this season that he has looked better when Odell's not on the field because say what you will, you can, you can try. I know Browns fans are going to try and tell me that Odell's a team player and this and that. Um, I, I think that, I think that's a, a fallacy. I think he is doing the, 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 the typical number one receiver, bit of a diva receiver. Uh, maybe I'm still mad because I hated him as a giant. Um, Doing a Keyshawn Johnson, just but but it's, it, it's it's one of those that get me the ball, get me the ball. And when he's not out there, he has free reign to kind of go everywhere else. Uh, but the Browns three point home favorite, fifty four is the over under on this one, one o'clock uh, on CBS. Um, I actually like the Browns here. I like the Browns to cover that that, that three point number is pretty close. If it was five six seven maybe it maybe i'd um you know tighten it up maybe i'd give the edge to the raiders here but um you know i i think the browns are going to keep the momentum going and uh and and they're going to get it here so i have the browns and i'm going to take the over yeah i mean you saw the three-point spread in the the texas game this one a little bit different but i think there's no reason people are buying las vegas right now um especially against teams that are performing well offensively um, so I think that three point spread is small. I think it's it wants people to bet on and buy in on the hype of the Browns. Let's not forget that that five touchdown performance with or without OBJ is against the Bengals defense. Um, the Bengals can score and, and you knew you were going to have to score, especially because your defense was, was almost as porous as Dallas's. Um, you were letting Joe Burrow just kind of move down the field at, at will. Uh, and I think, you know, that was kind of a weird shootout and, and, 
I think what came down to it in the end is that game meant a lot more for Cleveland. Uh, I kind of talked to, I think, you before the game that if Cleveland loses to Cincinnati, it it might be one of those. There's very few losses in the middle of a regular season that could be just franchise crushing. I I feel like that would have been pretty close. I think for a. <laughs> I think I think when when you're when you're a team like the Browns who as it, people just got used to them being terrible and then all of a sudden we're going to spend money we're going to move here we, you know you have all this talent and it's like we're going to be right there you know what I mean like this is we're going to challenge and then you don't and then you you're going to we might not challenge but we're going to be better I, I think that loss to Cincinnati you you'd have seen a lot of things flying before the trade deadline I think I think it would have been sell 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 it would have been like a pre-stock market crash uh, <laughs> scenario in Cleveland. And, and I think you would have seen him kind of dismantle and try to start over. Uh, the performance by Baker was admirable. I think it was – I'll say it was impressive. It's more than I thought he would do. Um, but I hope everybody that plays against me in fantasy uh, picks him up because uh, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a repeat performance. I think the Raiders are a good enough defensive team. Uh, it's going to be a little harder. Uh, I think not having to plan for an Odell Beckham, whatever you want to say about him asking for targets – uh, it's one guy you don't have to account for. Jarvis Landry's already banged up. Uh, Rashard Higgins looked good. Uh, some people are going, who's Rashard Higgins? Uh, and that's exactly why uh, it's going to be a little tougher the out there. They still... <laughs> uh, favorite moment of the Cleveland Browns week is the fact that David and Joku, who complained all year about being behind Hooper, uh, Hooper out and Joku didn't start. They just jumped him. They were like, all right, next man up. And the joke was like, I'm right here. They're like, I did next. Yeah, but he caught a cut. He right. at least caught a touchdown. Go past there, the loud mouth. Get in there and play 80% of the snaps. Uh, did get a touchdown out of it, I know. But uh, but anyway, I'm going to take um, – I'm going to go the other way on this one. I think the Raiders uh, – I like Derek Carr. I don't love Derek Carr. I I, I, I do think he's better than Baker Mayfield. I, I, I feel like this is the kind Real of Real high bar on have, that one. It's not a very high bar, uh, but he, he he jumped over it. He, he cleared it. He clipped it on the way. It bounced a little bit, uh, but it stayed up, uh, so it counts. Uh, I think this is a great moment for uh, if you're sitting on Henry Ruggs, this could be the game that he gets a deep ball. Um, Gruden's system doesn't give a lot of deep balls, which makes that whole draft pick a little strange. But um, I, I think uh, I think this might be a good one uh, with um, kind of a banged-up Jacobs, a running game that's been kind of sloppy. Uh, maybe they decide to air it out a little bit to create some space. Uh, I think it goes over, uh, and I'm taking John Gruden uh, against the Browns. There you go. Jake. Jake confident. He's with you, Sean. I'm going to give him this one. I can only get one lock, but he, give Jake the lock. I'll give it to you him. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Jake wanted the lock. He got the lock. We give him the lock. Uh, and then lastly, the 4-3 and three San Francisco 49ers travel to Seattle to face the 5-1 and one. Uh Seattle Seahawks, they're a three-point home favorite, 54. Also the over-under on this one at 425 on Fox. Um, man, for the for the first time in in uh, probably a while, uh, Russell Wilson kind of looked human in this game. In a while. A while. A while. A, wh- a, wh- a while? A while. A while. Okay. Uh, Russell Wilson kind of looked a little bit human there um, against in that game against Arizona. Um, the, 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 every team in the West has a better record than every team in the East, by the way, <laughs> it just shows you how bad the NFC East is. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I like, I like the Seattle struggle here and maybe it's cause I just hate Pete Carroll. I don't know. So I'm going to roll with, uh, 
San Francisco not only to uh, to beat the spread, uh, but also pick up the win and, and, and put Seattle at uh, at five and two, and, uh, and and put San Francisco right back in the hunt there for the division title. Um, and I'm actually I'm going to take the over two, uh, also because I have George Kittle and I'd like him to start scoring touchdowns again, please. Uh, that he didn't this past week. So San Francisco and the over. San Fran and the over. Well, uh, you're wrong. <laughs> it was it was it was cute. It was nice, wrong, uh, but you're sir. wrong. Wrong. <laughs> um, look, Russell Wilson. Yeah, did he look a little human in that game? Sure. Uh, do I think Arizona's defense is incredibly underrated? Yes. Uh, I, I think that they are they're a good defensive unit. I, I think the secondary there um, is a lot better. You know, when people are talking about secondaries in the NFL, I don't think people really look out in the desert. Uh, maybe it's because the Raiders are there. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but but um, but there is another team out there in Arizona. There's another desert. Pretty good. Um, and they have a quarterback that's pretty good. Um do I think Kyler Murray is the next Russell Wilson? No, I don't think he's near as good of a thrower as Russell Wilson. I learned a couple things in, the, in last week's game. Uh, it's that whether or not you think Russell Wilson looked human, he still throws the best deep ball in the NFL. Uh, if the throw's over 45 yards, he's going to hit it on a dime. It doesn't matter what you do. Patrick Peterson had perfect coverage twice, and Russell Wilson put it exactly where Patrick Peterson wasn't twice. Um to two different receivers. It's not like wow. timing with one. It's like it could be Metcalf. It could be Lockett. It could be Moore. It could be Disley. DK Metcalf isn't human, right? We're, we can at least agree DK on Metcalf. that one. Say DK Metcalf one more time. <laughs> well, I got to watch J.C. Orsega-Whiteside ride on a bench behind Travis Fulgham. <laughs> I don't even – Orsega-Whiteside beyond that fumble recovery this year. I'm not even sure he's been on the field. I don't even know if he has a catch. I'm going to look it up before the end of the show, whether Sega Whiteside actually has a catch in a regular season game this year, <laughs> despite everyone being dead. Two offensive starters at the end of two weeks ago for the Philadelphia Eagles, Sega Whiteside, not on the field. So back to, back to Russell Wilson. I, I, think, I think the league wants a 49ers win here. I think the league wants you to be right. I think that um, Vegas wants you to be right. I think some parity in the West uh, is what they want. I think they got that parity last week uh, when Arizona beat them. Um, I think um, I think a banged up 49ers team and a team that really hasn't found its identity and its wide receiver core to this point um, is going to struggle. It's a very porous defense for Seattle, at least um, for the course of the season. Now, I think they have tightened that up quite a bit. Um, and it, it's still not great, but I think it's way better than it was. And that defensive front's a lot better than people think it. I think the running game uh, is, is something that, that has trouble getting going uh, so that's going to kind of be the test. I think if, if San Francisco has trouble running the ball, it's going to be real hard. And if Seattle has trouble stopping the run, it's going to be very hard. So I, I do see a scenario where San Francisco wins this game. I don't think it's going to happen because I think even if Seattle has limited control of the ball, they have the right guy for the job. And Russell Wilson with that deep ball and with his ability to to kind of evade pass rushers, um, I think this is one where Seattle makes the statement out west and comes back as people start to doubt them and says, uh, don't forget, we're still the team to beat out here. Uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Seattle. Um, I'm going to take Seattle uh, with the points. Um, and looking at that 54 number, I'm going to go over with you. Yeah, I think that's smart. I, I think both these offenses can score. Like I said, uh, for me, it, it's uh, kind of twofold because I hope it's uh, a bit of George Kittle action because he has uh, been a little 
Uh, not what I expected when I used a keeper on him uh, in one league, but uh, it is uh, it is what it is. Checking in finally. Here's- Sounds like the year I kept DeMarco Murray for the Titans, and then they were like, oh, we have this Derrick Henry guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait, who? You're going to give him the ball this time? Who? And who? 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 Um, I don't have anything. No, I, I actually still have a DeMarco Murray Dallas Cowboys jersey. <laughs> I, for, I forgot he even went to uh, to uh, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, speaking of Tennessee, uh, look, you know, I, I know they had a little bit of a comeback there. I think that was more about Pittsburgh laying off the gas. But was it? I, I feel like it was. Stop doubting Tennessee. Uh, they are. They are not as good as people think they are. I'm going to close stick, wins or wins. I'm going to stick to that. They are wins, absolutely. And you know, because like the Dallas Cowboys over the years have been a team that loses close games, not wins close games. Um, and I'm not saying Tennessee is not good. I mean, they went to the freaking AFC title game last year, but, uh, I think people trying to crown them when they were, when they were five and oh, uh, people trying to crown them as, as the best or, 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 or one of the best in the AFC. Okay. First of all, I don't know I don't, how many people were claiming they were the best team in the AFC. I mean, if they were the only undefeated team left, you'd have something to stand on, but they weren't even the best undefeated team. No, I never said they were better. Than other teams. No, absolutely I just not. Was discrediting the fact that you're telling me that they're like, like you made it sound drastically overrated. I don't think the Titans are drastically overrated. I think they still catch teams by surprise even when they are undefeated. You're like, oh, it's just the Titans. They just assume that it's like the I mean, Spoilers Titans. Put it this way. Like, I mean, I'm just happy Tannehill's putting out points because when Dak Prescott's ankle exploded, he was my backup quarterback in fantasy. So I, I'm, I'm totally fine with him throwing as many touchdowns as he can. So I'm, I'm I think Ryan Tannehill. Is proving that he was—he's not the man that was in Miami. He's the man that's in Tennessee. Yes, I will uh, with agree a, with, with that. A, with an offense that like caters to his needs and actually gives him weapons and a running game to take some pressure off. It's amazing what someone can do when you actually aren't dying every play. And they—they they, they are a great come comeback team. That, that's been like the story of the Tennessee Titans since since they they moved to Tennessee. Um, but real real quickly, Sean still top of five. Uh, the the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Rays still leading. Uh, one game to none. Let, let, let's assume one, one run to none. One run. One run to none. Uh, let's assume that they hold on and uh, and 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 win this game. Uh, crystal balled a little bit. I believe game seven would be. Is that going to be tomorrow? Uh, if game seven's a thing, let me pull that up here real quick. Um, yeah, it'd be tomorrow night. Uh, Wednesday night would be game seven. Um, will Tampa complete the comeback or will the Dodgers win the world? Series? Cause like, I think, did you and I both have Tampa Bay winning the world series in our predictions? Well, I know it wasn't the preseason ones, but in the playoff predictions, we both had them in the world series. I'm not sure I made a world series prediction when we did our pre-show. I had Tampa in there. Against I can't the remember. Cubs, that was like three weeks or I three stopped. months ago, but time's irrelevant anymore. <laughs> Yeah, time, time just it, there's there's no time. No, there's no time. Um, but if you're asking me, will they pull off the comeback? Uh, the answer is no, because I made that I made that change. Um, I didn't even have them in because technically Dave took the raise, and I was like, I hate you, Dave. <laughs> uh, it's going to be the Astros. I really thought the Astros were going to pull it off, and I think uh, they just kind of ran out of steam in Game Seven, but. Uh, uh, Dave was right. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Um, no, he wasn't. That holds true. Um, even even when he's not with he us. The only reason he picked Tampa is because he thought I went to Houston, and he's like, I'll take Tampa to win the whole 
He just went opposite me. So the whole Dave was wrong. You gave him the rope Um But uh, no, I, I, I think um, I think Tampa's had enough struggles in this. I mean, the fact that they're even here. Uh, I don't mean in the World Series. They have every right to be in the World Series. Um, you know, they they've played great ball all year. The, the thing that's that's happened in this World Series, the fact that they've made it to this game uh, is is pretty baffling to me. I mean, this is a team that for a good part of the season, one of the reasons I love them enough to put them in the World Series is because they do such a great job of playing the small ball and using the bullpen, and they kind of work the field. Um, and and I think the farther into the playoffs it's gone, you, uh, you know, these guys are starting to struggle. You're facing good pitching every day. You're not facing five-guy uh, five uh, five rotations, rather. Um, and I think it's, it's kind of cost them. I think their batting averages have dropped as, as they've worked their way through. And some of that is the, the long ball helped them early, and I think everybody wants to be the next hero. Um, the only runs I'm really seeing score, score in this World Series uh, are long ball. Uh, it's just kind of crazy that, that, uh, that it's you know between these two teams who both have unbelievable capacity um, to manufacture runs. Um, but – you know, if you're the Dodgers, you kind of need that long ball because the Rays are. I'll give them this: the Rays are probably the best defensive team uh, in Major League Baseball. Um, you know, you have you have, um, but when you have that defensive, you're keeping scoring low. Uh, you don't need to, to be driving in home runs every every time. But they also haven't seen a lot of pitching staffs this way. Um, but it's been an exciting World Series. You, you know, um, we got we got a Brandon Lowe needs to start hitting again. Brandon Lau, rather, it's Lau, right? It looks like Lowe, but it's Lau. Rob uh, Rob Lau. Rob Lowe. Rob, Rob Lau. Rob, Rob Lowe, Lowe, Brandon Lau. I think it's Rob Brandon Lau. Lau. Anyway, Rob Lowe, Brandon Lau. Either way, like, wow. Um, Lau, like, wow. 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 Anyway. Lau, like, wow. Lau, like, Yeah, Lau's been slipped, but, but wow. even, you know, without that one game from Lau, uh, you would have um, – you wouldn't even be at this point. You had that, that the big multi home run game out of nowhere, um, and I'll give it to I'll give it to the coaching staff and 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 Gian and the guys. They they know what to do with their lineup. It changes all the time. It's very rare in the postseason to see the lineup and the rotations and the defensive and like just situational things that shift for Tampa. And, and I think it's just kind of that knowledge that you're up against it. You're up against a, a wall of salary and a wall of talent, and. Um, you're going to try to take advantage of any little bit of swing that they give you. Uh, so I will give them that. Uh, I think they're a crafty organization, a crafty team, a good defensive team. But I, I, I don't see them. I, I don't really see them winning today's game. I'd, I'd be shocked if the Dodgers score zero. You're going to need more than one to do yeah, it. Yeah, you're, de- you're going to have to score more runs tonight. Yeah, I think you're going to need more than one. I, the Dodgers have shown me in this that uh, innings seven, eight, and nine are very legitimate scoring innings. Now Tampa does have a bullpen with a full day of rest, so that does help them. Um, those guys they like to piece them in like all the time. You'll see like three pitching changes in an inning out of Tampa if it, if need be. So, um, but yeah, come game seven if it comes down to it, uh, I think it's a chance for uh, Kershaw. Uh, I assume to, to he would rewrite his history, <laughs> like to come in and 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 basically have a chance to, to win three games in a series and shut everybody up. Um, now the pressure is going to be on him, um, but but I, I, I'm not so sure it needs to get to that point. I think I think somebody's going to step up. And if you want a bold prediction, it's Muncy. Ooh. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to go if, – if the Rays can win tonight, if the Rays can hold on and win tonight and they give it to Kershaw tomorrow, I say he is going to fold quicker than a dollar 
tree beach chair under my fat ass and the Rays are going to win game seven. So the Rays incredibly fast. That is it. That is incredibly fast, by the way. Um, but, uh, um, that scenario or DK Metcalf (laughs) tracking down an interception, uh, DK Metcalf. Metcalf's still faster than that dollar chair. 22.67 miles per hour was his top speed in that run. And, like, dude, it was, like, if you rewatch. I told a student earlier this week that you can't outrun an alligator. Uh, DK Metcalf can. He probably could. I'd give him the money. I'd give him, I'd bet. In a straight line would outrun an alligator. Like, and, and, like, the, 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 I've never seen a run, like, as violent as powerful as that run like i wish i had a better camera angle of the my god on on the safety's face when he turned around because because it's a great reaction shot of him turning around and it's just like oh man that's a good question jake bolt or metcalf is metcalf chasing anyone (laughs) well and also are we talking are we talking bolt now or are we talking bolt height of powers because if we're talking height of powers bolt's gonna bolt yeah if we're talking like but if we're talking Vincent now, Bolt, I think he's not even close. Like he's older. He's he's had COVID. I don't know if he's like totally healed up. I don't, you know. But uh, but height of power, yeah. I mean, dude, Metcalf, like he's a he is just a monster. And like I don't like Seattle, but I do love the fact that the Eagles. Uh, Wait, who got a, COVID? Uh, you seen Bolt had COVID back in like uh, April? Oh yeah, way That's back, right. like I, back at the beginning. I, I thought he was talking about Metcalf, like he just. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. He God, know more no. than I do. <laughs> How'd you What's find happening? that out? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, Metcalf to the best. How'd you I, find that out? I don't think I don't think somebody who's not human can get COVID. Like I don't think Metcalf. Metcalf. I think he's like a cyborg. He's the mood. Like, he's no, not. COVID comes into his body and his cells just chase it down. Right. They just they run it out of the building. They like, run it. They just get it out. Get out of my house. Coming in and just. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 just man, Metcalf is he he's so fast. But yeah, I I think but if, anyway. But yeah, I think if uh, if Tampa can win tonight, I, I like them to to keep the momentum going. Um, and uh, and and you know, do you think they're going to win tonight? It's one nothing. You have a one run lead. Do you think they're going to win today? I actually don't. I think I think the Dodgers are going to find a way uh, to win this game. Um, you know, it's so it's, the folding chair is safe. Folding chair is safe, as as safe as a Dollar Tree folding chair can be. Um, I, you know, I I just I look at this series as a whole, and and you know, you had a, had, and don't be wrong, fun as hell. Uh, this series, and especially that ending the other night with uh. With the with the Rays player like tripping uh, after Unreal. rounding third and and, and getting after that. like two like it looked like a little league team fielding oh, a just, ball that just they, they absurd. didn't they put the wrong guy it was in like right, a follies tape he's just like, um, he's just like j- jumbling the ball and then he like throws it in and like the cutoff guy kind of wants it but doesn't it looked it looked horrendous it was crazy. for a team with that payroll and 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 as good as those defensive players are it was just a scenario where it's like how did Tampa just because I stayed up and I'm watching this, and I'm like, really? That's the ending I get? Is 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 like just a bunch of buffoonery? I mean, it's very exciting. Oh, absolutely, but it, was, it was exciting buffoonery, is what it was. Yeah, I mean, it's it's entertaining, and and if that's and, what, and if the Dodgers do lose the series, that's the I moment. don't like to point at one moment. That's the one. But that's the one. You had a good pitching performance. You fought your butt off to like get back, uh, kind of on top. Once, you, like, like you, you, your bats woke up, got you back into the game. You get ready, and then. 
just here you go. And that and that's why Sorry, I think I think that's you, you, you know honestly, and this is not a this is not a, a shot at Tampa Bay, but the, the Dodgers are the better team. A Rosarena fast like hyena, Jake. Come on, man. Come on. Don't now. try to look. You can't rewrite history. And you can't on, rewrite man. something as good as a Rosarena by any other name. <laughs> just stick with what you. you, you yeah, hit that the was a good just, one. Just yeah. hold on to it as long as you can. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, the Dodgers are the better team. I, I think they find a way to win tonight, and uh, and and then and everybody for baseball look, looks forward to next year, whatever that may look like. Um, but uh, we've seen. Uh, I think the the NHLs uh, since the last time we were on the air canceled the or postponed the the Winter Classic and All Star Games. Uh, for next year, they're still not even sure when the the uh, the season's going to start. NBA targeting late December, but uh, otherwise, Sean, I, I think we're uh, I think we're good here. I, I will say this: Hey, we uh, almost forgot the fantasy irrelevant touchdown. Oh yeah, let's hit that. I mean, you know, because we don't know who any of these people are. Who the hell right, is this? Who who is he? Where'd he come from? Who we got? Uh, I got I got to write. I got to somehow put together some kind of jingle for this segment so we don't forget <laughs> it. Uh, uh, for those not paying attention, fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week uh, brought to you by me. Uh, I'm the one that came <laughs> up with it, and I'm the one that comes up with the players. Uh, but if if this guy scored, it helped no one. Um, is, we're looking for the touchdown that helped the least number of people uh, the least number of times. Uh, and it was a very busy week for the fantasy irrelevant touchdown. Um, not even honorable mentions was a Deontay Harris. We had a Wayne Gallman. We almost had the opportunity uh, to get Who? someone named Joe Reed. For the Chargers in there, had a touchdown on the run on the ground. Um, but the names that I picked, even better. We had an honorable mention from a, a use check in in San Francisco. Would have been a back-to-back. Oh, yeah, there week. we go. I was going to say, he's not going to win back-to-back? So he, because I think my fantasy irrelevant made someone sign him, and they got the touchdown. Um, mm. But uh, third place, uh, we had a LaMichael Perrine uh, rushing touchdown for the Jets. And anytime the Jets score a touchdown, it's going to be a candidate for my top three. Uh, so that was number three. Number two, um, <laughs> number two point five um, was a Baker Mayfield. If you started him, God bless you. Um, you were hurting for a person to put in there. Um, but through to a, a Peoples Jones, who, by the way, one of my favorite names in the NFL. Mich- Michigan man, Jones. Michigan man. Don't forget Michigan man. The people versus uh, the pe- case versus the state versus the Peoples Jones. I don't know. You got to come up with something. I'll, I'll figure it out. By the way, he didn't even get number two because uh, Mayfield threw two touchdowns to someone named Harrison Bryant. Yeah, you can take him if you want. That's uh, Harrison Bryant with two touchdowns. And you'd think that would be the largest fantasy score for a fantasy-irrelevant touchdown that could have ever possibly happened. But you'd be wrong uh, because while all the fantasy experts told people to start Rick McKinnon and perhaps a hasty uh, they forgot that there was someone coming off the bench, coming off the injured reserve. Jeff Wilson puts up 112 yards and three touchdowns on literally no one's starting roster. <laughs> that is your fantasy irrelevant performance of the week. Who the hell is this? Oh, so yeah, okay. So I own a Jarek McKinnon in at least one league. I know you do as well. Did yeah. you see the update from the 49ers today? They, well, they were just like we were resting. They said he took a they, they they it was a planned week off. You know when that would have been a great thing to find out? Fucking Sunday morning. Yeah. Tell me the Just day tell me that. I don't care if he's going to take the week off. I have other he running backs. Yeah, he was Why on he the field. Well, cuz he uh, played 3 snaps, ran for negative 2 yards. 
You know, these are the things I would have liked to have known Sunday morning. Now, I think the league I I, I had him now, in, we, I, I was okay. I still won. But yeah, the, the league I started him in, I happened to have Justin Herbert and Devontae Adams. I was just fine. Yeah, like, but that's the kind of bullshit that 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 separates playoffs from none. Okay. So San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan, I know you listen to this show. Get your shit together. Tell me when guys are taking a week off. They can You're have weeks right. off. I'm fine. Give them a week off. And you know, Derek McKinnon's going to be the starter this week. So whatever. Uh, we had a, uh, a question. Jake wants to know, no Boston Scott. Here's the situation. For it to be fantasy who, relevant, who, who, nobody who? had to start. You got a lot of folks scrambling for running backs out there. You got a lot of folks uh, that lost uh, Miles Sanders. And those people – Either people with Miles Sanders or people that caught it on the waiver wire picked him up and started him. Uh, so like didn't me. catch as many people. By me and Jake. Me, me, Jake's my man. We know what's up. Yeah, and that I um, beat you I probably to, because I got I played Boston Scott. Probably because I would have had him in for my Miles Sanders. <laughs> and here's the thing. Um, also, the league we're so in, Wayne Sean. Gallman, Wayne Gallman was your fantasy irrelevant touchdown from Thursday. The, the league you and I are in, people abuse waivers because I used I was the number three. I used Boston Scott, and I was already – we were 12-team league. I'm already back to number five. Yeah, I'm disappointed because I, I – I People use get... waivers like ad drops in our league, and I'm, fi- I'm well, totally yeah. fine with it. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I used it on uh, Claypool, fell down, and now I'm just like, well, I'm 12th. I'll just keep – Yeah, no, I looked at it today, fifth. I'm fifth. I, felt, well, I should just not sign anybody. Then I have one in. I'll just cancel. I got Boston Scott. I, I don't have any not, this week. I'll tell you that. Spoiler alert. Your I, league has taught me patience. I will give you that. Your league has taught me that, like, <laughs> if I want to hold on to that waiver priority, it'll be or, worth it. Am in my I long really going to start the guy that I'm signing? And if the answer is no, see if he's there. On like I said, I did it for Boston Scott because I needed Boston Scott, and it paid off. I'm still number two in that league. Um, right. Let's see here, but uh, Jake says. Claypool, the biggest bust waiver. Wow. That's a bull. He might be. I, a, I think that that would be more to do wow. with the hype that came in. That four touchdowns. Is he going to hit that? I don't no. think I don't think he's going to uh, put up a lot of 40-point weeks. But does he have the capacity to kind of replace Deontay Johnson in his role? Absolutely. Uh, well, the fact that Deontay Johnson can never stay healthy will help that. Yeah, he's he's um, as uh, as durable as a popsicle but, stick. <laughs> I mean, Claypool, you're going to have your down weeks. Uh, I, I think Claypool's going to be – down the stretch, as valuable as any other receiver on that team. Uh, so, you know, in my situation, I just uh, – We're Notre Dame fans. We know that guy can catch everything. He can catch everything, and he's real tall, and he's real fast. Yeah. Uh, something that none of the other two guys on that receiving core have all of. So, I um, I like his chances. And he's the kind yeah, of guy Tate that, Johnson, you know, what I keep in the keeper league, maybe. Fragile. Fragile. Um, but, yeah, that's my take on Claypool. That's my little take on fantasy. And your fantasy irrelevant Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, fantasy irrelevant touchdowns. Who the hell is this? All right, know. we we are going to uh, close this one up. Another good week. Make sure you are following along with us uh, on social media. Uh, of course, Sean, they can follow you at Sean Shine State. And we will say this: programming note. Uh, obviously, next Tuesday night, pretty big night uh, in the uh, in the country. Uh, but we will be here, and uh, I'm gonna. I feel like you're gonna need a distraction next yeah. Tuesday night. So come here, listen to us talk sports for a few hours. The things that are gonna happen, they're gonna happen either way. Uh, and l- let's be honest, we're probably not gonna know next Tuesday. No. We're probably not gonna know. 
Uh, it's COVID. There's a lot of mail-in votes, things like that. Uh, so you're probably not going to know next week. So just come over here. Come join us next week. Uh, talk some sports with us. Uh, everything everything will be fine. Uh, we're all going to need the distraction uh, next uh, next Tuesday night. So follow him at Seanshine State. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports. Make sure you're following along with the show. You can see it there in the video. Uh, subscribe to us. Go to any of our social media. Hit the link tree and uh, and get all the places. And make sure you go to uh, our home network, NGSC Sports. Stick with us here uh, at the end of the show uh, for the ad from our sponsor. But until next week, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order?